Welcome to another episode of Said Your Nan, a podcast tackling the stigma of men's mental health. Proudly presented by On The Men Charity. My name is James. And my name is Stuart. We're just two guys that got together to raise awareness on men's mental health. During these episodes, we will talk about important issues facing men and their mental health. We are by no means professional and the opinions in this podcast are our own, but please feel free to join in the conversation. Each episode will see us discuss different topics to help everyone better understand the ways that men deal or don't with their mental health. Overall, our aim is to get people talking. Hey, Stu, how's it going? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I feel like we haven't done one of these for ages. No, I know. And I feel like you're going to tell me that you're off on holiday like you normally do. Because if you go through the rest of our podcast, you're off for at least a week or two or a long period of time because we've recorded them months in advance. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I am fully back to work now and have been since the beginning of Jan. Um, I was just lucky that I took most of December, well, lucky, unlucky, I took most of December off. So, uh, no, no, fully back in the trenches now and uh, and cracking on with it. <clears throat> Stuff, how's your weekend been? You've been up to much? Uh, no, not particularly, not particularly. I um, My little one's a little bit poorly this weekend, so she's been quite lethargic, so not a great deal. Uh, went and had a epic roast dinner uh today at me uh me folks house and uh booked a holiday for later in the year so that's uh that's really good looking oh, for nice not that you might not want to tell everyone but you know don't give them the address but you know <laughs> oh, no, it's fine we're, we're going abroad in the summer we're going to the uh the lovely isle of Wight. Oh, nice nice yeah. very nice yeah no yeah what you great full stop isn't it i think no where you go i think you could um the change of scenery and the the time away is perfect i need one of absolutely those. Yeah. Well, you were away last weekend. No, I know I was away last weekend, which was great because I got to spend plenty of time with my partner, which was nice because I haven't seen her now since uh, Monday. So we're not going to catch up again until Thursday next week. So looking forward to that. Um, yeah, so uh, getting a decent holiday wouldn't, um, wouldn't do me any harm further in the year, but we'll see. I'll book something, I'm sure. Nothing, nothing booked yet then? Nothing yet. No, nothing yet. We shall see. Uh very good very good good weekend though had a good weekend this weekend so uh have a daughter over which was good always good um she is an absolute diamond which is great but we went to hern bay on saturday to we've been going to this uh cat cafe for uh, oh, it's got to be three or four years. It's got to be. It might even be more than that. I don't know. But it's been quite a while. Rosie absolutely adores cats. She absolutely loves them. Um, and, and she's kind of got to know the, the owners there. And, and the owners recently moved um, uh, a sold to, to someone else. And we spent the the week, uh, the morning there on a Saturday chatting to, to Pip, the new owner. Um, and it got me thinking really about how awesome you know cats are when it comes to therapy and stuff. It works well with mental health. It certainly helps for me. You know, I like I like I like sort of chilling out, and it's a bit of a different more, different environment. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I definitely recommend it. A uh, bit of a shameless plug, probably, but I think it's a, a good thing to shout out. But I'll I'll put the um the the link in the Spotify notes later. But yeah, it's Cozy Cat Cafe in Herne Bay. Um, 
awesome place. Go visit. Really, really good. You should go, mate. Honestly, you should go. Take Jodie there. She'll love it. I will. I will. And I guess for any of our listeners that don't know, could you just, what is a cat cafe? Oh, okay. So yeah. Sorry, cat cafe. Yeah, I probably should have explained that a bit better. It's not a cafe made of cats. Um, it is a, a normal cafe. You go in and you can have a nice cup of tea, a bit of cake, a bit of food, but you are surrounded by a number of different types of cats and they usually rescue cats. Um, you know, they've, they've, they've come, they've not got, not had homes. They've been rehomed in the, in the, the cat cafe. Um, beautiful, beautiful cats. And they kind of just wander around whilst you're sat there sort of, <clears throat> you know, having your, your afternoon tea or just spending some time in there sitting and chatting. Um, and Rosie and I do, we do, we go in there, we sit down and, and, you know, I've often got a cat sat on my lap or wandering around trying to get some attention off of me or playing. And it's just a really relaxed environment. It's great. It really is. Excellent. Excellent. And I guess one to avoid if you've got cat allergies. Well, yeah. Well, unless you're li- <laughs> living life dangerously, I suppose. You're right. <laughs> yes, indeed. Indeed. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you know, I think let's not play it down. We've had a busy couple of weeks, right? You know, we, we since we, we really sat down and recorded last. So, you know, we we went out and did a, an event where we were uh, donated kindly a couple of thousand DVDs <laughs> by a local company. And... Uh, so uh, we've got quite a large stock at the moment, which we will be selling um, at upcoming uh, summer fairs, boot sales in the local Kent area. But we, we decided to go and have a bit of a dry run. Um, <clears throat> local boot fair wasn't particularly busy, was it? But I think the, for me, the, the takeaway from it was we got to speak to a few people. We got to hand some business cards out and generally have a, have a chat about mental health, which was, was probably the positive side. It was cold. I mean, if you want my take yeah. on it, it was, but it, but it wasn't, it wasn't unbearable, but it was, um, my toes were feeling it by the, uh, by about half 10, 11, like them pretty, I mean, I've, I've stood outside Santa Claus's house in the, you know, the depths of Lapland <clears throat> in the freezing minus degrees. And it was, they were starting to get to that point and it was, that's where I was. But other than that, it's great. And then last week we, uh, we went and, uh, did a little bit of a, a presentation to a to a company as well, which was really good. So we were talking about uh, work life balance, which uh, yeah, which was good. It was good, um, good, good discussion. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think the the thing for me, which is was quite good, is um, you know, whenever we've done those kind of talks previously, they've been internal to the companies that we've been working for, whereas actually this was a more of a an external perspective in my head. So uh, that was good. Yeah. No, I agree, and and we did. We got we got good engagement. People wanted to chat, which was nice, and discuss stuff. And I think it opened up, um, you know, a really good dialogue. Which and and the information that we we delivered, I thought was, you know, for me, I I look at some of this stuff that we do, and we do some research into it. And I think to myself, why have I never thought of this before? You know, and then you mm-hmm. talk about it, and, and it's like this is really good stuff, actually. So I'm I'm pretty certain that that's going to be a podcast. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think so. I was going to say let's not dive in it too much because. Uh, <laughs> It'll take away from a future episode, but uh, yeah, no, it was good. It was good, definitely. And uh, you know, if any of our our listeners out there want are interested, we are available to come and do those kind of talks in your organisation. So just just reach out to us, and we can have a chat and uh, you know pull something together. It's not a problem at all. And also, don't forget. I mean, off the subject of that, which was great, but we also did a twelve mile walk. Was it twelve? Uh, we did 12, twelve and a half. 12. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was in the gym. It was only on treadmills, but myself, James, and my other friend James, we all went to our local gym and we just eight o'clock jumped on the treadmills, eight half eight jumped on the treadmills and just walked 
until we could not walk anymore. Which transpired yep. at twelve and a half miles <laughs> at about midnight. <laughs> yep, yeah, no, that was uh, that was a good evening. That definitely, yeah, definitely, and uh, we'll get plenty more of those in this year. Yeah, we've been busy. That's been busy. You're right. That's been a busy couple of weeks. And we're both busy oh. doing our courses as well. Let's not forget that. That's that's another dynamic to it. And working. And working, doing the day job. Doing the day job. Yeah. I'm going to try and find anyway, time to sleep. Anyway, that's, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, this is it. We're almost 10 yeah. minutes in. All we've done is moan so far. We'll get some soft violin music playing in the background so you can really, you know, appreciate our lives at the moment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are we talking about today, James, anyway? What are we going to do? Come on. Let's right, so on let's, uh, yeah, yeah, let's let's shift it up a gear. You know, everyone's fed up with us moaning now. So, um one that I researched a couple of months back and we kind of parked and said, we'll talk about that in a future podcast. So we are going to have a chat today about gambling addiction and the impact that has on mental health. So um, I guess to kick things off, gambling, especially problem gambling, is more common in men than women, right? So 45% of men and 40% of women uh admitted to gambling somewhere in 2020. So this was the last time this survey was done pre-COVID. Um, so this is according to uh, data that's held by the Gambling Commission. Um, so, I mean, it is it's it is men more, but there's not much difference in it, I take away. So 45 versus 40, that's not that much difference. Um, but there's a much bigger sex gap when it comes to problem gambling. So 0.6% of men are defined as problem gamblers. And that's uh, that's defined as those who experience negative consequences and a possible loss of control compared to a statistically insignificant portion of women. Um, twice as many men as women, so 1.3% versus 0.6% are moderate risk gamblers, and that's those that uh, experience a moderate level of problems leading to some negative consequences. So I, I'm. it's interesting, right? So I've, I've never... Um, I've never had problems with gambling myself. It's not something I I do. I think as close as I've ever got to getting a little bit obsessed was playing fruit machines. And I'm not talking about the ones that you get in gambling shops now where it's like, you know, 100 quid a spin. These were the mm. the fruity in me local weather spoons I used to play on at a lunchtime. Um, and knew Three all the little tricks of the machine and stuff. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So um, what about yourself? Have you had any kind of experience with problem gambling? Yeah, well, not me personally. I mean, I've not had, I've not fallen into that trap of being caught up in it. But um, I do like to put a bit of a risk into stuff, and I do. And, I, and it's same as you is, you know, you go to the coast and you pop into the local arcades there, and can quite easily spend money. But I guess the bit for me is I know when to stop. That's that's probably yeah. where the area comes in. Is like I, I would spend twenty, thirty quid and go. Do you know what? I think that's my limit for the day. In fact, I did it. Yesterday in Herne Bay, I went into the local arcades after we went to the Cat Cafe, and I went down the route of going, um, oh, let's go into the, the local arcades. And I, you know, changed up a £20 note, and I had to go, do you know what? No, we need to stop here. Because it would be quite easy to just keep going when you mm. start winning. Um, but that for me, I think that's probably because it's come back from my dad. My dad did play fruit machines, and I think he probably teetered on problem gambling because he didn't really know when to stop. He just didn't take it too far. But um, I think I probably picked that up, you know, when you sublimity taking it up as a child, watching your parents do stuff. But, um, 
Because you, well, um, I'm a, I'm a... you, you, I say you play around on the lottery app, don't you? And the yeah. the kind of yeah. mini games and stuff on there a bit. Yeah, yeah, and I, and again, I I make money on that. You know, I do, and I make money on it. And I, I and I think part of the problem is is when you start to justify to yourself why you should spend more. <coughs> That's that's easily done. You know, you sit there and go, well, mm. I'm going to put £20 in and I'm going to spend £20. You make 100 quid and go, well, I could put that £100 back in as long as I walk away with 20 quid. And it's like, yeah, but you had 100 quid. And that's, I think that's yep. the bit that catches me because you justify to yourself that it's okay to do it. But um, but nothing that's nothing that's caused me any grief. I've not bet hundreds of thousands of pounds and or tens of thousands or thousands of pounds on stuff. Um, it's very small fry in that respect. So. So, so interestingly, you know, um, looking at this data again, over three quarters, um, so 78% to be precise, of active online betting accounts were held by men. And the online betting sector derives an estimated 94% of its revenue from men. That's crazy, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. I wonder if that includes the lottery. Uh that's a good question. I don't. Mm, I don't know. Don't know because that that would. I, and I don't know. But that's that's because that's kind of where I do most of my. I say gambling. It is gambling. It is because there are you know mm. there are safeguards in place within the national lottery app, which are great. Which will say you've spent X amount or Y amount, and you need to stop, and you can set limits and so on. <clears throat> but um, but I wonder if that is included because it is a form of gambling. I suspect so, but probably it's small beer in comparison to some of the other stuff that's going on. And, and yeah, it's interesting yeah. you talk about that. I've noticed adverts on telly now. Most of the big online gamblers, gambling uh, companies now have that. You know, the, you've got an option to set limits. You've got options to remind you to take a break, all of that good stuff. Um, it's a big number, though, isn't it? It is. It is. It is. Well, and it, and it gets worse, right? So among the highest spending accounts and what they class as highest spending, where it's 5,000 or more spent in a year, over 95% were held by men. And typical age bracket of those were people in their 40s. I wonder what the reasoning behind it is. I'm sure there's people out there that would know, but it, you know, would what if it, why is it people typically in their 40s? Are you reaching a certain age? You've got family now you've got a home to pay for you've got bills cost of living is increasing and you know so when you get to a certain age you should really be earning more money does that have people look at it and but debt <clears throat> are people doing it to pay debt doing it just because they want to earn it's an it really does open up a, an absolute world of conversation well, well interestingly some of the <clears throat> before i tell you that i'll tell you this right so interestingly 70 percent of the callers to the National Gambling Helpline, which we'll, we'll link in the, the show notes, are men. 70% of the callers into that helpline are men. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the studies I was reading, so the explanation seems to lie in uh, male socialisation. So men often feeling the need to demonstrate their masculinity. Um, and that's through acts of sensation seeking and risk taking. Yeah, 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 which is that. which is interesting, isn't it? Because um, certainly people that I've seen that have struggled with gambling is they hide a lot of their gambling from their friends and family. So I'm not sure, you know, it might give them a self feeling of sensation and risk taking, but certainly not, you know, bravado that goes with it unless it's a big it's win, I peers. guess. It's among peers. I think if you're out with friends and you're 
a betting shop with other people maybe that's what it means it's more the mm. people that you're with your your puff puffing up your chest is that probably the right way of putting it i suppose to a degree in front of your friends yeah to, to know that you are equally as masculine as those people that you're hanging around with if that's what your group of friends is like because i mean i'm not being yep. funny if you and i went to a, a betting shop i'm not going to puff my chest up to you mate because it's not it doesn't it doesn't I, i'm not built that way do you know what i mean because i know that you wouldn't judge and that's no the you'd kind of reach my upper thighs wouldn't you <laughs> if that if i could get that far up yeah um <laughs> But um, yeah, I've been chewing at your shins. Um, Steady. No, yeah, yeah. No, but what I'm saying is, is like I think it's the group of people you're hanging around with. If you're in a, if you're in a, a peer group of people that you want to try and ca- keep up with, that's going to be tough because a lot. I mean, I've done that when I was younger. Definitely done it when I was younger. But I'm talking late teens, early twenties, um, with people that are older than me and trying to catch up with them. But mm. if you're hanging around with people that aren't judgmental, I, I wonder whether it would be particularly uh, in particularly difficult different yeah yeah um they talk about the stakes in you know high stakes gambling that kind of provides men with the opportunity to show how skilled and fearless they can be traits often considered desirable in men um and then they talk about men who engage in strategic forms of gambling such as casino tables as an example uh they've been found to display higher levels of conformity to masculine norms. I suppose it depends what you class a masculine norm. Well, it's portrayed on TV, isn't it? Look at James Bond, that sort of thing. You know, you see Yeah, that. it's very true. And that's... And if, oh, and in fact, Casino Royale, perfect example, the second one with Daniel Craig in. How many yeah. women were around that table with, with in that film? They're, play, they're playing for millions and millions of dollars. Um, you know, you've got... Was it the... Le Chiffre or whatever it is at the, the head of the table, but they're all men around that table, and that it's very yeah. br- there's a lot of masculine bravado there. It's very much a, this is a man's game, and they even have it so that you know the female agent comes over and she's portraying her beauty and her you know she's there as kind of a trophy. It's a very it's a very split norm, isn't it? But it's very stereotypical. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um... And I think the, the study kind of closes with it saying that uh, men are attracted to gambling because of impulsiveness and the excitement of the activity and the chance to win rewards. Um, and it gives them that it, it, in terms of searching for that search for uh, immediate satisfaction, quick wins, you know, yep. risk and reward. <clears throat> yeah. And that's, so, uh, and that's, that's men in a nutshell to be fair though, isn't it? To a degree. It's like, oh, how yeah. can I do this quickly? How can I get this? How can I, how can I achieve what I want quickly? Well, it's not just men, but it, it's it's definitely an impulsive trait that men tend to have. Um, I get it. I do get it. And I think, like going back to the, the James Bond scenario, for the last, you know, God knows how many decades, it has been portrayed as being a very, you know, suit and tie, very smart, very, you know, masculine activity. Yeah, it just has, you know, with that proper high-end gambling mm. you know stuff um more so the casino tables the card games things like that blackjack you know roulette very much you see it portrayed all the time the, the man with the dice you know that sort of thing yeah yeah absolutely yeah um and there's a, there's another study i was reading and it talks about you know how men get drawn into serious addiction 
and it's a need to escape negative emotions generated by playing the game. So, e.g., like money loss, debt, conflict, lies to your family members, um, and it, it then forms this behaviour where the pattern of of negative reinforcement continues. Yeah, and I guess I wonder. I wonder is how far you go as well. If you're lying to family members mm. about stuff, that's where it becomes a difficult one. It's like, oh no, everything's fine. Everything's fine. You then push that lie to be bigger by then pushing yourself into heavier gambling to try to avoid having to admit what happens. Thinking, well, I could just win this amount of money, and then I won't have to lie anymore because I could win enough money to stop having to worry about it. And then you get yep. into more debt and then you get into more conflict, more lies, more, you know, um, the trust starts to, to, to dwindle a little bit between you and whoever, <clears throat> you know, you're chatting to. It's, um, mm. yeah, it, I, and, and I get it. And I get it because that, it brings you into that um, pride scenario. I don't want to tell this person the stupid thing I've done by betting our life savings or betting hundreds of thousands of pounds or thousands of pounds of pounds. I don't want to admit that because I feel silly for doing it. I think that yeah. I've 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 heard people say that to me before. That's not a you know that's not just me assuming that I've had people say to me before that I've not wanted to admit it because um you know it's embarrassing. I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. What, what, I've done a silly thing, you know, I've spent this money which I shouldn't have sent and now I'm I'm more in debt. Um and then I spent more money to get out of debt and got more into debt. Yeah. So, it can be a it can be a spiral and i suppose the thing is that if you're in if you're gambling in your head you're going but what if i just won yeah yeah absolutely one everything will be everything will be great again and i kind of get that right because we've had this conversation before we talk about the lottery you know we're really trying to get on the mend up and running at the moment and little cash injection like that would do us the world of good you know be like if if only we woke up tomorrow morning and we'd won the lottery everyone does it and you know you put your tenor on and hope for the best absolutely our uh, you know for for us that that cash injection would mean that we could both <clears throat> effectively stop our full-time roles and focus on this full-time which is the the pipe dream and where we want to get to long term but we're probably yeah. a good 2 3 years away from that at least at the moment that would and, give and you I that think, instant gratification overnight. Yeah, and I think a lot of people as well probably that want to do stuff like this, there's there's probably a small proportion of those uh, of men and women out there that would go, if I did bet this or if I did do that, maybe they're unhappy in their jobs, maybe they're unhappy with their life and they want to do something different. They spend money to try and gamble to make money to make their dreams come true for that quick win. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So interesting, here's an interesting fact for you, right? Higher levels of mental distress and more suicidal behaviour have been reported in female problem gamblers than male. That's interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. I wonder why that is, though. I wonder why that's... I wonder what the split is there, why Mm. they would be um, more likely and more, Mm. more, you know, with suicidal behaviour in in women. And I don't... Because I think if you're... If you're hiding stuff and holding it back and you're not telling people, you'd you'd think that would be a big push for it, but that would be an interesting study to go a bit further in. I mean, we'll we'll probably come back to these comments and these statements and these episodes again in the near future, I would have thought, to you know, recap on some of the stuff. That might be something for us to have a little bit more of a look into as well. 
Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, like I said, I think there's been, there has been a step change in the last couple of years in terms of putting tighter controls in place. You know, you have the affordability checks. There's um, the checks on the apps, don't you? You have the, the limits, you can do the timeouts, all that good stuff. Um, but it's still interesting. I mean, you get to a certain time of evening. I don't know whether you notice it, but every other advert on the telly is for yeah. a gambling app. Every other advert on the radio is a is a gambling app. Yeah. If you're not listening to Ray Winston talk to you at some point during the night, you then you you, you, you know you're, you're missing out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and again, is it one of those ones that? Um, you know, they're talking about whether we now need to start putting gambling in the health education curriculum at schools and whether that would make a difference. I think certainly in, in secondary education, that would help. Yeah, I was going to say that that's a that's a tough one, isn't it? At what point do you then go mm. in and say, this is when we're going to talk about it? And and how in depth do you go into talking about it as well? Because you've got to remember when you're 16, is it 16 or is it 18 with the lottery? It was 16. It's 18 now, I think, isn't it? I think so, yeah. You see, you're still very young. You're still young at that point. Mm. I remember being 18, and and I look at it and just think, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have given me the keys to gambling so much at that age if I'd if I'd got involved in it. I'm I'm sure it would be a very different conversation. You know, I might well have. Yep. Just thought, ah, sod it. You know, I've got my job. I'll just spend. It. I've got nothing to worry about. Um, mm. we're going back to what you were saying just a minute ago about um their high levels of mental stress and suicidal behaviour in women. The other thing I wanted to talk about as well, and this is kind of the reason that we've, we we decided to have these chats, was this podcast, our charity, the things we do with On The Mend, we, we've always said that what we want is it for it to be incredibly inclusive. And and if anything happens, really, is we want, you know, people that have got brothers, husbands, friends, you know, in their life, sons, that that will benefit from the conversations we have about trying to talk about the behavior of men, like in general, I'm not, not just on gambling, but specifically down gambling, but behaviors of men is one of the things that were, were mentioned in that, um, uh, that study was that women are significantly affected by men's problem gambling because it affects the family income. It causes relationship difficulties, um, you know, there's a number of different effects that it has on a relationship or on a family. And these conversations that we want to have in these podcasts is that people will listen to this and go, do you know what? I didn't realise that's what's happening from a man's perspective. And then be able to then go, how do I now approach this in my family and have this conversation? Because it's okay to, if you think there's a problem. And the flip side as well, it's okay for men to talk about it. You know, it's not, a, it's mm. not... You know, it may it may well feel embarrassing, but actually, do you know what? If you if you can see yourself spiraling in addiction, and you can see spending too much money, which I think is probably part of the problem, people don't always see it. Talk to your partner, talk to a friend, uh, you know, pick up the phone, speak to the gambling hotline. You know, it's it's not wrong to do that. It is it will save it will save you. You know, in my opinion, it will save you. Definitely, yeah, and I think. Uh... We'll put it in the show notes again, right? So mentalhealth.org.uk, uh, which is the Mental Health Foundation, they've got quite a good page on uh, gambling and mental health. And they're, you know, so just have a look at some of the signs that you may be uh, 
slipping into problem gambling. Because again, like like with a lot of our podcasts, we talk about you know the signs to consider. So uh, you may have a gambling problem if you spend more money on gambling than you can afford. I think that's kind of a given. But um, gamble when you should be doing something else, like work or spending time with family. Um, and that's where that kind of timeout feature comes in. Uh, feeling anxious or stressed about your gambling. Uh, using gambling to deal with problems or difficult feelings. Uh, lying to family and friends about your gambling. Uh, borrow or steal to fund your gambling. And that that bottom one is particularly bad because if you're borrowing money from a bank or from a friend or from someone or whatever you're doing, um, you're just increasing the and your debt in a different way. So if you're if you're spending your own money that you don't have, you're just taking your own money away and creating a problem for yourself. But the moment you borrow from a bank or from a friend, you've created another another stream of debt. Mm. And and that that has got to have quite a significant impact on anyone's mental health because of that. And that's that for me, I think, is probably one of the most dangerous routes you can take. Because you're gonna Definitely. you're gonna feel anxious or stressed about gambling. That's gonna happen. You you might use gambling to deal with problems or difficult things. That's fine. So you're getting all of these negative emotions, all these bad feelings, and you've literally just doubled it by creating another level of debt for yourself. I find that I find that extremely dangerous. Definitely. Um, so there is a charity, uh, Gamcare, they're called, um, and they support anyone that's suffering from problem gambling. Um, they've got a really uh, good <clears throat> self-assessment tool that you can fill out um, and that helps you understand the impact uh, gambling has on your life as an individual again we'll link it in the show notes because that's really useful um, so then it you know looking at what are the potential problem or causes for problem gambling so you know there's no two ways about it problem gambling is classed as an addiction um, and there's no single reason why people develop addictions um and many factors can increase your risk of developing gambling problems and that could include uh, having a relative i mean more specifically a parent with a gambling problem being introduced to gambling at a very early age uh, pressures from friends to gamble um your own personality so people that um have a competitive streak or they're impulsive restless easily bored uh, that can all increase the the chances of you turning to gambling. Um, interestingly, taking medication to treat Parkinson's or restless leg syndrome. Um, this can cause uh, the rare side effect of compulsive behaviour, including compulsive gambling. Did not know that. No, I didn't. No. Mm. no. I think um, the top two are quite common. The top mm. the relatives or introduced gambling early age, like I was saying, you know, my dad, yeah, my dad did gamble, fruit machines, loved his fruities, absolutely played them all the time. Um, don't think he had a problem as such, but if he did, I mean, like I said, that could have been a very difficult, different story for me. Could well have turned into me thinking, oh, I'll go to the spend another 20 quid, 30 quid here and there, like he would. But, um, and I wonder how many people, and this is this might be why people in their 40s going back to that stat earlier on, is go back 25, 30 years maybe. For me, you know, that's going back 30 years, I'm 15, you know, that sort of thing. You spend used to spend a lot of time in the country going on holiday to the local 
um, you know, a beach off to Hastings or somewhere like that or wherever it was, you know, where it was typical, your, your dad would be there with a cigarette in his mouth, sitting at a fruit machine, playing it. You know, that, that you know, very stereotypical, but you see it all the time because lots of people couldn't afford to go abroad. So they, you know, they go locally and fruit machines that are in the UK across the beaches are just for that. You know, you could walk in, in, in one, out the other, in another, out of one, into another, just like that. You know, and it was high stakes money. Well, I do. Probably a lot easier. I, I certainly grew up. Um, I've, I've probably said in previous episodes, I was lucky that my grandparents had a holiday home down in uh, down in Dimchurch, of all places, which uh, or St Mary's Bay, should I say, which is just outside of Dimchurch. And uh, so, I spent many a happy evening either down at. Uh, down at Dimchurch in the amusements there or down on Folkestone seafront when, you know, it wasn't just a barren wasteland that it is now. And they used to have mm-hmm. all the, you know, fun fair and stuff there. But, but that was the thing, you know, you, you'd get a, you know, me nan would go and get me a, a quid's worth of two peas and I'd be on the one arm bandits or the, <coughs> the, uh, I don't even know what they're called. The ones you put the two peas in and it pushes them forward. Um, but, but again, the 2P that's machines, of, that's it, isn't it? Well, People just go yeah, there, right, we'll call it. The 2P machines, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about there's that game show, isn't there, on uh, oh, ITV um, somewhere. Oh, my God, yeah. I have no idea. Uh, drop zone. Come the drop zone, zone, I think yeah. it's called, isn't it? So yeah, anyway, The difference but, there is you don't win a cheap plastic toy for £400, you win a... Um, no, that's right. That's right. But but ultimately, that that doing that or on the one-armed bandits or whatever your vice was as a child was a form of gambling. So again, you look at that, mm-hmm. you know, getting into it at an early age, we've got this generation of people that are like your or I age. That's what we grew up doing. And that's my point. Exactly that. That is yeah. that it feeds into that, that age bracket that fits in with that study effectively. And well, the kids nowadays, I say kids nowadays, it's not everybody. It depends on family life and that. But we see a lot more people will go abroad nowadays. They will go to Spain or to mm. France, Italy, wherever abroad. And, and another one, another big one, which I hear a lot is people going off to America and going to Disneyland. That's kind of a big thing as well. My brother does it a reasonable amount. Um, mm. You know, you're not necessarily gambling in these places because you're going to the beach and you're going to bars or you're going out for meals and stuff. It's a very different type of holiday to the uk based speeches which and don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not against it I, I i love getting away to the uk beaches i think it's a lovely place to go to and i enjoy that atmosphere um but it is very different to to jumping on a plane and going to a different country because you just don't have as many opportunities as you would do in the uk no well, you probably do they're just not in your face like they are across our across our mm. coastline yeah. No, interesting, definitely. Um, I so said the good news is there's lots of lots of free resources out there to help people, and I will uh, when I write the show notes up, I'll put as many as I'm in there as I can to to help push people in the right direction. Do you know what? Actually, just thinking about gambling at a younger age, the only problem I do see at the moment in arcades, and this is across the UK generally, is the ticket system now. Is winning tickets? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Because that's that's kind of more aimed at kids because you've got the prizes and some of them are some of them are 
relatively good prizes. I mean, Rosie got a ceramic, um, you know, thermos mug type thing yesterday and didn't really cost it. We probably spent less than it was worth in a shop. So that worked out quite well. Some of them were horrendous. But sometimes you need, you know, 11, 12,000 tickets to get something. And some of these things are smartwatches. You know, they're, they're not, these aren't just squishy stress reliever toys or, you know, a packet of refreshers or something. This is, you know, they're, they're smartwatches and, you know, wireless headphones and stuff like that. And this is aimed at kids getting the tickets. So, well, it, so well, where does gambling start, you know? It's it's interesting, right? Because I think uh, so. There's two things I think, and this is just my my view of the world, right? All of that stuff, that tech, is the stuff that you can go and buy on DHK or Alibaba for fifty p a unit. They're they're cheap. Uh, yep. You know, they're not your your Apple or your Samsung smartwatches. They're your your third party, very cheap uh, import jobbies. Um, and the second part of it is. You know, you go to a holiday camp, you know, be it Pontins, Butlins, Haven, Park Dean, whatever, they'll have a similar setup. And once you're on site and you're in those arcades, you're a captive audience. Yep. So, Absolutely. you know, you do go and win all the tickets and then you, you look and you go, you know, oh, there's nothing I want. You know, there's a, <clears throat> I'm going to start waffling here, so please shut me up if I start to. Right, there's a, there's a. A study out there that talks about the the psychology of uh, upselling, right? So you go a good example. You go to a cinema and they plant the medium size drinks and popcorn in there to up make you upsell to a large. Because what they do is they go right. Well, a small drink is two quid, right? A medium drink is three pound fifty, but a large is four quid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you must right, and the plant is well. Actually, it only costs me fifty p more for the large, right? And it's the same premise on the 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 ticketing system. You go and you look at the tickets, and you go, "Oh, for a hundred quid, I can get a a fucking pen- pencil topper, right? For a hundred tickets, right?" And then the medium prize might be, I don't know, a a, a barking dog, right? For five thousand tickets, but actually, for five thousand five hundred tickets, you can get the smartwatch. So, so everybody you aims for the smartwatch. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I've seen that. I've seen that with, you know, when my, my daughter and I have been out to, you know, these places and done it. And it's like, you know, oh, Dad, I've got 800 tickets or something like that. It's like, but it's, uh, and I really like that such and such there. And it's like, you go, well, do I just go, let's get another fiver out and see if we can win another 500 tickets? Or do you stand there and go, no, we've got 800 tickets. That's what you're getting. Mm. Because, because if, if it's that easy to just go, I'll just, Grab a five out my pocket and just we'll just go and see if we can get it so you can get the thing you want. It's like you know what? That thing that you want that you've just spent thirty five quid on, you could probably get on eBay or on Amazon for two pound fifty or whatever it is. And I get it because people enjoy the fun of doing it. And this is the thing. We no one ever wants to take the fun away from what you're doing. It is good fun. You know, playing these machines and playing the games and doing what you've got to do and and whatever to get the tickets. It's it's fun to do and it's it's Great if you're doing it with your kids, but actually, where's the balance? That's the bit, isn't it? It's like, where's yep. the balance? When you go, do you know what? It, it's got to be easy enough for us to go, actually, no, this is where we've got to stop it without taking the fun away from it. Mm-hmm. Because I do. I do. I love it. I do genuinely love it. It is a fun thing to do. I enjoy getting out of it, especially this game called Dracula, right? Not that I'm trying to 
point out that there's, <laughs> you know, not endorsing anything here, but do. Dracula is a fruit machine type game that spits out tickets. And for years I've enjoyed playing it, you know, and it's become a fun thing between Rosie and I. And, and the worry is obviously for something like that, is you go, well, when you go away to a, you know, a, a place and go try and search out a specific machine to play, you've got to be a bit careful. You don't become obsessed with it. I mean, I'm not, mm. thankfully, but it could easily be done. And I don't want that being rubbing off on my daughter because she is a young age professional. I don't want her to be getting older and going, oh, well, my dad used to do this and then getting caught up in it all. Yeah. Yeah, I'm falling into that that demographic that we've spoken about. Yep. Um, and it's it's interesting. You know, I still... Well, you, you know, prime example, we've been sitting in a, a bar or a club and, you know, there'll be a fruit machine behind us and, you know, I can see all the lights flashing and everything. And it's like, mm, just go and stick Pretty a couple nice. of quid in there, see what happens, you know. Yeah, yeah, but again, I've watched you do that and you, you kind of stop yourself, which is, is good. I, I, mean, I, don't, I, actually... I don't spend big money on them at all, but no, yeah. No, no, and I get quite excited by the fact that I'll walk into um, playing with a fruit machine and end up like putting a five quid in and walking back with six. I'm like, I've made a pound, but I've it's noticed. kind of like, yeah. <laughs> stop watching me um but I, I guess the the most important thing really is about finding uh, you know the flip side is we can talk about it but it's really important to understand how you can you know avoid this or you can get help if you need it and like james says we'll put a number of links at the end of this i don't think there's a quick fix for them it's not something you can sit here and go well just don't gamble we can't advise you we're not professionals we've got you know we don't know what the right things to do are the only things we'll ever say is talk talk to someone you're not going to be judged find someone to talk to you know just you know you you'll know if you've got someone in your family or a friend circle that you can chat to and if you cannot because actually sometimes there is just some not somebody around you that you can Mm. talk to or that you feel comfortable to talk to speak to some of these places like the national problem gambling clinic the national gambling helpline they will help you because this is what they do um, and there's a number of toolkits, James, isn't there? I think you said there was one, like a yeah, self-help yeah. toolkit, online recovery toolkit. Um, there are a couple of things there. So we'll, we'll post those. But they, yeah, definitely 100%. If you're feeling in any way like you might have a problem, get talking. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, just know that you're not alone. I'm just going to give you the little science bit here because obviously, you know, we, we've we spoken about the, the effects and, and I – I did a talk a while ago talking about the chemicals in the brain and this is one of the key ones. So, you know, part of that uh, winning at gambling releases dopamine, you know, which is a feel-good hormone in your brain. And, uh, you know, that creates feelings of pleasure and reward when you uh, win a bet. Um, and it's it fundamentally changes the brain's chemistry. So, I mean, the good news is it, it can be changed back. You might need some, you know, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, but yeah, it does. It fundamentally changes the way you think because of that dopamine hit that you get when uh, when you're winning big. It's weird, isn't it? The brain. There's another conversation with mm. the science. It's just, well, I, you see quite a few um, discussions online, and you just think where this information is incredible because you don't think about the science of your brain and how it flip-flops from different places to different things and different chemicals being released to make you feel different ways. You just think, oh, I've got a problem. Um, I think we should have 
a conversation at some point once we've got a little bit more information around the science. It's it's probably not, mm. well, it depends who you are, it's probably not as exciting to talk about as maybe really delving into some of the things around mental health that we do talk about, which is your, your normal conversations, but this is probably quite interesting to those people that are in, that really want to know how that, that you're affected through your, you know, through your head. I am. It quite is quite a dry subject. You know, I, I yeah, exactly. don't get me wrong. The, the, the talk I did was really, really good, but there was so much. It was a massive information overload for the, the hours time slot that we had. So, um, but yeah, yeah, let's have a chat about it in a future episode. I think that make a good, make a good one to, to talk about. Excellent. Right. Well, on that note, we'll, um, we'll end this one here. We'll make sure we get all the links on the on the spotify page we'll get stuff put up on instagram and our socials um and and again you feel free again you can reach out to us uh you know on the men it's not a problem you know info at on the men.org.uk you can reach out to us because we'll just help signpost you in the right direction you know and we'll put you put you onto the to, to people if you if you can't find the support lines that you need um but yeah i think it's we, we can uh we can leave this one here for now, I think, and we'll we'll be back again think, next week. I think the only thing I'd, I'd just like to wrap up with on that is, you know, if you're somebody that's experiencing this or has been through it and come out the other side and you want to come and talk and be on an episode, we, we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. You know, to hear real life experiences. It's, it's great for, for Stu and I to sit here and talk about the facts and figures and, and the research we do, but there's nothing like hearing it from somebody that's actually been through it. Yeah, it's not a real life experience for us, is it? So it's we're just no as we've said we just chat around what we've got in front of us to try and help but having having anything like that really does help so please get involved mm. get in contact definitely excellent well thank you again james for today another fantastic episode um no no thank you thank you sir oh. as always um okay. i'm going to bed <laughs> I'm tired. I don't want to go to work tomorrow. I'm being miserable and I'm being moody, but I've enjoyed this. So that's good. Yes. Yes. There's your, there's your dopamine hit for the weekend. <laughs> exactly, yeah. um, next week, what we're going to talk about next week, we are going to talk about, should we do work-life balance? Should we piggyback off the back of our little meeting that we did last week and use some of that information to have a little chat? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. And just just for everybody's benefit, we are fast approaching the end of season one um, of Sejal Nan. Uh, we're going to take a couple of weeks break um, after, did we say 10 episodes? Yeah, which is next the next episode, yeah. yeah. Yep, so after the next episode, we'll take a couple of weeks break. It gives us an opportunity to uh, compile some new content for you, for you all. Um, so again, anybody that's got any suggestions about things they'd like to see featured in a future episode, Please feel free to reach out to us, and we'll uh, we'll stick it on the list to consider for uh, for future episodes. Yeah, we also realise that we throw these out one a week, and that's probably not really practical for people to always listen to them. So, if we give you a bit of a break, you may well be able to catch up a little bit. No, no, you should just find the time. This is really important stuff. <laughs> no words. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm tired that I'm finding it difficult <laughs> to have any kind of conversations tonight or find my words but um but yeah no don't care hey there's certain podcasts that i listen to daily name one history daily yeah (laughs) to be to be fair um i was listening to dad jokes 
for quite a while. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna end it on a joke because I love this joke and I've told you this joke loads of times. Okay. I said I was gonna end it and on a joke. And if I if I deliver this completely wrong, I'll just do it again, then edit it, and then re-record it. Um, <clears throat> two wind turbines in a field. One turns to the other and goes, "What kind of music do you like?" And the other one turns around and goes, "Well, as you know, I'm a huge metal fan." <laughs> Don't go with the tumbleweed, tumbleweed moment, mate. You know it's funny. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was funny. Yeah, it's good, good one. Shut up! You laughed. When I <laughs> Don't even try and get around and just make me look like a knob right now. <laughs> Do a good enough job of that. Great joke. It was just made. It just made me think of a really old one. That was all. I'll go on. You might as well say it now that we've got into jokes. The... <clears throat> Two cows in a field. One cow turns to the other one and goes, "Moo." The other one goes, "You bastard." I was going to say that. <laughs> that was the um the other one the, the cow one which i thought you was going to say was um two cows in a field one turns to the other one and goes have you heard of this mad cow's disease thing and the other cow turns to him and goes fuck me we're talking cow <laughs> god bombshell have a lovely week, everybody. We will see you on the other side of uh, uh, next week, and we hope you have a great one, and we should speak to you soon. See you later, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. On the next episode, we have Work-Life Balance. We look forward to you joining us there. In the meantime, you can get in touch at sedjournan at onthemend.org.uk or at Instagram, Twitter and TikTok at sedjournan or at onthemend on Facebook and LinkedIn. If you would like to donate, if you'd like to donate to the On The Mend charity, please feel free to buy us a coffee. The link can be found in our show notes. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we will speak to you soon.